God told me he wants you to be a missionary. God has put it on my heart to pray for you. What do we do when people say things like that to us? In the last few episodes of Thinking Theology, we've been looking at God's words in the Bible. The Bible is God's words written for his people, by his spirit, about his son. The Bible is God's authoritative word, and we need to listen. The Bible is God's powerful word. But does God still speak, and does he speak to us outside the Bible? That's what we're thinking about in this episode of Thinking Theology. Does God still speak through people? What about prophecy? Does God still prophesy through people? Or does he only speak to us through the Bible? Hi, my name's Carl Denick. I'm a pastor, theologian, writer, and Bible college lecturer. Welcome to Thinking Theology, a podcast where we think about theology, the Bible, and the Christian life, not just for the sake of it, but so we can love God more with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In thinking about how and whether God still speaks, a good place to start is with Acts chapter 2. Acts 2 is the account of God pouring out the Holy Spirit in fulfillment of his promise in the Old Testament. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection has opened the way for God to remake humanity in the image of Jesus. And that begins on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 as the Spirit is poured out on believers and the Spirit unites them with Jesus and all that he has accomplished on their behalf. Peter and the other disciples are gathered together when a sound like the blowing of a violent wind suddenly comes upon them. They see tongues of fire coming down from heaven and resting on each of them. And when the neighbours hear and see what's happening, a crowd begins to form. But then, miraculously, the disciples begin to speak in other languages that they hadn't known before. And the crowd who are listening are absolutely astonished. It's at that point that Peter says that what was happening was the fulfilment of something Joel had prophesied in the Old Testament. Peter says in Acts 2, 17-18, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Peter says that what was happening on the day of Pentecost was not only the beginning of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on all the people who trust in Jesus, but it was also the beginning of a great prophetic movement. In the past, God had spoken through a few prophets here and there, but now with the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, all kinds of people, Peter says, will see visions and dreams, and will prophesy. But what Peter means by that is really, really important to understand. If we're not very careful, what we'll do is import our understanding of what we think that means, rather than looking at the text of Acts chapter 2 to understand exactly what Peter means. And what's really interesting is that Peter says that what he and the other apostles are doing in Acts 2 is prophesying and fulfilling Joel's prophecy. What they are doing on the day of Pentecost is prophecy, and it is the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. But if you read Acts chapter 2, 
you will not find dreams or visions that the apostles share. There are no predictions from them of what will happen in the future. There's no words about what God will do in this person's life or in that person's life. Rather, what you get in Acts chapter 2 is Peter explaining how Jesus is the Messiah and how Jesus has come in fulfillment of the Old Testament. So Peter says in verse 29, Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day, but he was a prophet. So David was a prophet, but what did David prophesy about? Well, Peter says, but he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. David's role as a prophet was to look ahead to the coming of Jesus and to his death and resurrection. Peter's role and the role of his fellow apostles was not to speak about what was still to come so much as to be witnesses of what had already happened, that is, witnesses of Jesus' death and resurrection. They speak about Jesus who has come, and the message that they were speaking to the crowds was the message of the Spirit who Peter says, you now see and hear. Similarly, Peter writes in his first letter in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 10, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. So the prophets in the Old Testament spoke about what Peter calls this salvation, that is, the salvation that Peter has outlined in the verses just before, the salvation which is through faith in the crucified and risen Jesus, the Son of God. The Spirit of Christ in the prophets was pointing ahead to the sufferings of Jesus and the glories that would follow. But then Peter goes on to say, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. So the same Holy Spirit that was given to the prophets in the Old Testament to speak about the Messiah who was to come, that same Holy Spirit has now empowered the preaching of the gospel. And Peter says even the angels long to look into these things. The mistake we can make, I think, in thinking about prophecy is that we think the greatest mystery in life is what we will do and what will happen to us and how God will use us. But in the Bible, the greatest mystery is the mystery about Christ. That is the message of the gospel, that through his own son dying on a cross, God would save a people for himself. It's called the mystery of God because for ages past, it was kept hidden. It was spoken about in shadows and in mystery by the prophets of the Old Testament, but it has now been revealed in the preaching of the gospel. And everywhere that the gospel is preached and brought to bear on the lives of people, there God's prophetic ministry continues. 
when God speaks through people to make the gospel of Jesus known, the work of prophecy continues. So listen to what Paul says in Romans 16, verse 25 to 26. He says, Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. What the Bible is saying is that prophecy is fundamentally about Jesus. It's about the revelation of the mystery that was hidden for ages past and which has now been revealed. In fact, Revelation chapter 19 verse 10 gives this rather remarkable definition of prophecy. It says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. To say that prophecy is about the testimony of Jesus Christ doesn't mean that prophecy is only about evangelism and telling people who don't know Jesus about him. It's a bit like saying that the Bible is about Jesus. It is about Jesus, but it's also bigger than that. It's about how we relate to God through Jesus, what it means to live for God and to know God. And in the same way, prophecy broadly understood is not just about evangelism, It's showing people how the Old Testament is fulfilled in Christ. It's challenging people to repent and believe in Christ. It's showing people the new life that Christ has called us to live in obedience to him. It's challenging people to take up their cross and follow Christ. Prophecy is the word about Christ which challenges, rebukes, encourages, equips, trains, and makes wise for salvation, which is really the purpose of the whole Bible. So prophecy is primarily about the testimony to Jesus Christ. But not only is that the heart of prophecy, but that's also the key reason that God has given his spirit to his people. That is, he's given us his spirit so that every Christian can speak words about Jesus, can testify about Jesus. In seeing that, it helps to look at what God said to some of the Old Testament prophets and then also to look at how that is paralleled in various places in the New Testament. So God says to Moses in Exodus 4, 11 to 12, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Or in Deuteronomy 18, God tells Moses, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. Or God says to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. But Jeremiah says, Alas, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. But now listen to these words that we find in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 10. There Jesus says, 
On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. What's striking is that in the Old Testament, when the prophets spoke, it was by the Holy Spirit that they spoke. It was the Holy Spirit who gave them the words they were to speak. But now Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will give words to all God's disciples. Again, not to tell the future, but to proclaim Christ. And you see the same thing again and again in the book of Acts. When the Holy Spirit comes on people with power, they don't speak a new message about the future, but they proclaim the gospel about Jesus. So Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Or in Acts 4, verse 8, we're told, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, And then Peter goes on and preaches a gospel sermon. He's filled by the Holy Spirit in order to preach a gospel sermon. Or in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Similarly, Acts 11, verse 23 to 24 tells us about Barnabas. It says, When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Does God still speak? Yes, God does still speak. He uses us to speak. He empowers us by his Holy Spirit that we might speak. In the past, God used a few prophets who were given a unique calling to speak about the coming of Jesus. But now that Jesus has come, God pours out his spirit on all believers so that they can speak the truth of the gospel, so that they can speak the truth about Jesus. The most exciting and wonderful blessing that the spirit brings to our lives is the power and ability to speak words about Jesus, the mystery of Jesus, into a lost world. Christians often think, well, God could never use me because I don't know the right things to say. But the Bible says that God has given us his spirit for exactly that purpose, that is, to empower us to speak about Jesus. If we know the gospel, we can make it known to others as well. We can make known to them what they didn't know before, and we can do that because God has given us his spirit for exactly that purpose. So the heart of prophecy is speaking the truth about Jesus, and God empowers every Christian with his spirit to do exactly that. But that doesn't really answer the question of whether God still gives people special insight into the future like he did in the past. I think it's reasonable to suppose that God still can and does at times prompt people with respect to the future. There doesn't seem to be any reason to suppose that he wouldn't do that anymore. And there are certainly a few examples of that in the New Testament. There are examples of the Holy Spirit leading people in plans and in decisions. We see that in Acts as the Holy Spirit leads Paul and others regarding 
where to do their ministry work. So in Acts 13 it says, While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And it does seem in experience too that the Holy Spirit does prompt and prod us to do certain things. I remember a friend of mine once was going for a walk one morning. She walked past a man waiting at a bus stop and she thought to herself, I should talk to that man. She kept walking. Then she thought, no, I really should go back and talk to that man. And so she went back and asked him if she could help, if he knew Jesus or something like that. At which point he broke down. And by the time the bus came, this man wanted to trust and follow Jesus. I remember in my own experience too, I once had the overwhelming conviction while I was reading a part of the Bible, that I should go and talk to a particular person and to make sure that they were ready to die and to make sure that they really trusted in Jesus. Their life didn't seem to be in immediate danger, although they were old, but I felt very convicted that I should go and do that to talk to them and to make sure they were ready to die. And so I prayed about it and went. We had a wonderful conversation. We prayed together. And two or three weeks later, they were admitted to hospital suddenly And within about 48 hours, they died. The Holy Spirit certainly prompts us and stirs us to do things, and we ought to be responsive to those things. But we also need to remember that impressions, thoughts, ideas, and strong emotions are not the sure word of God. Feelings and ideas and impressions can be wrong, they can be misleading, and so we need to test those things against the Bible and hold them loosely. We can't trust in those things in the same way that we can trust the sure words of God in the Bible. But more than that, we also need to keep absolutely crystal clear that the reason God has given us his spirit is not so that we can do some neat party tricks or so that we can know God's plans for our lives or the lives of others. God's great gift of the spirit is for the purpose of making his great gospel known. God has spoken so that we would know his son Jesus and so that we can make his son Jesus known to others. If that disappears from our understanding of what it means to speak prophetically or what it means that God still speaks today, then we've missed the point. But a final question then is how God puts his words in our mouths. How does he do that? How does the Holy Spirit equip us to speak about Jesus? Well, of course, God can do that directly. He can put words into our minds and hearts to speak. But one of the key ways that God equips and trains us to speak is actually through the Bible. It was, after all, the Holy Spirit who caused the Bible to be written down for us. And the Holy Spirit has not suddenly decided to abandon the Bible, having done all that work. The Bible, in other words, is not a dead book. The Bible, rather, is a living book. It's the living word of God, and the Holy Spirit still speaks to us through the Bible. We tend to think that supernatural insight must be something that comes to us spontaneously, but according to the Bible, even just to understand the Bible is supernatural insight. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1 that we only understand the gospel because God has given us to understand it through the Holy Spirit. We saw earlier, too, those words of Peter in 1 Peter 1 verse 10, where he says, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care. 
Peter says that the prophets searched intently and with the greatest care. That is, they didn't just put up their feet and wait for the next revelation from God. Rather, they searched and combed through the Bible. And one thing you notice when you read the prophets is just how steeped they are in the Bible. They knew the parts of the Bible that they already had inside out. And the words that God gave them to speak were often applications of those existing parts of the Bible. The apostles too constantly refer to the Old Testament in their evangelism and in their letters. You couldn't do that without knowing the Bible really well. It's entirely possible that God could give us some spontaneous, supernatural insight into what the Bible means. But almost the entire emphasis of the New and Old Testaments is that God prepares people slowly to speak for him by teaching them and through them studying his word. It's a mistake to think that God is only speaking through us when we say something unprepared or spontaneous as though God is only involved in our lives at the last minute and has been absent from our lives for the long years of formation and correction that we've already lived. Does God still speak? Yes, God still speaks to us in the Bible. And in the Bible, the Holy Spirit equips us to speak words to others. God puts his words in our mouths to build up the church, to proclaim the good news about Jesus, to call people to repentance to train us for every good work and to make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Well, that's it for this episode of Thinking Theology and that's it for this year of Thinking Theology. There will be a special bonus episode in the next week or so dealing with the currently pressing issue of vaccination and how we as Christians should think about that. I'll be speaking with my sister, Associate Professor Dr. Alyssa Dienick, who is a research immunologist with the University of New South Wales and the Garvin Institute in Sydney. She'll be joining me to talk about vaccines, COVID and Christianity. So keep an eye out for that. And next year, we'll be continuing on with Thinking Theology by looking at who God is and what he's like. So please join me then.